Please follow us on Instagram at Masband Podcast. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. Hi listeners, welcome to another episode of The Process of Creating. On today's episode, I'm speaking to Prophet Mahmood. Prophet is an American rapper, activist, and entrepreneur, hailing from the south side of Toledo, Ohio. So sit back and enjoy. Hiya. Oh, okay, I'm back. Yeah, you're back. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Oh, that's cool. I, I feel like I may have done something. To be fair, technology hates me. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, how do you... So, okay, I'm going to try pronouncing your name. I'm sorry if I butcher it. Okay. But you said it's Prophet Mahmoud? Mahmoud, yeah, that's perfect. Prophet Mahmoud. Okay. So, yeah, I got it right. <laughs> Yeah. The whole time I was so nervous I was going to put you your name and you were going to be like, who is this person? Oh, uh, no, that's cool. You, everybody, my name Prophet, though. My mood is something that really added on to it. Okay. So, like, what, your Prophet is your government? No, that's not my government name, but it's been, it been my name for most of my life. My real okay. name is Cedric. Ah, okay. Why Prophet, then? Um, well, well, growing up, everybody called me Sed. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I had, we was on on the corner mm-hmm. and I was rapping this old gang banging rap I had called Belmont Affiliated talking about the neighborhood I was from mm-hmm. and some some guy he is a black Muslim for the Nation of Islam he said you're gonna use all your God-given talent to mislead this neighborhood and it's obviously everybody look up to you and follow you and so I had rapped this rap that I had called Liberation right and it was and it was like uh it was never emancipation proclamation we still on plantations every day i see segregation of black incarceration we built this nation off of no reparation the chance would never be breaking if we don't fight for liberation uh-huh. and he and he didn't even think a dude on the corner with a with a game banging rag hanging out of his pocket he ain't think i i even thought like that yeah he's like mate he said you really a prophet and don't even know it and that's kind of where it stuck at right there. Then my friend, uh, he was like, man, you should use that name, Prophet. Because yeah. my my friend was in prison with a guy. His government name was Prophet. Uh-huh. And he was like, yeah, and he was like, man, you got to use that name. And so that's where it stuck. That's so cool. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a really cool, nice way of getting a, a, a nice, meaningful nickname. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Prophet. Well, Prophet. Welcome to um, the process of creating. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, thank you for saying yes. Um, I'm, I'm very <laughs> grateful. Very, very grateful. I'm still fresh at this, so please forgive the nerves. Forgive the gibbering. Yeah. That's good. You good? So, um, hi, listeners. I'm sitting. Well, not really sitting. I'm on a call with Prophet Mahmoud, and he's from America, specifically where. I'm from Toledo, Ohio. Oh, Toledo, Ohio. That's so yeah. cool. Oh my gosh. I'm international people. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Prophet hit me up on Twitter and he sent me um, a link to one of his songs. And he was like, um, check it out. If you like it, share it. And I listened and I really did appreciate the message that he was saying in the in the music. So I liked, I 
subscribed to your YouTube and I followed you and yeah and ever since then I was like I really want to know why this person does what he does and how he does what he does so oh, okay yeah that's that's why I, I, I reached out um so profit to start off um tell us something um your fans your friends your family wouldn't guess about you um I don't know because I'm so open. Like every, like my friends and my family just know everything about me. And then majority of the stuff that um that used to be a secret, I post everything in videos, how I think and feel all the time. Uh-huh. So I mean, I don't know. Um people used to didn't know how funny of a person I was. I thought I was a comedian. I used to be I have real super sense of humor and like a lot of people who just listen to my music and, and, and meet me on the outside think I'm just always serious. Yeah. But like I always was a real funny person. I was always the class clown and and but I'm I'm gonna tell you this is okay, I'm gonna tell you this is something that people won't know about me for real. Uh-huh. Right. A lot of people just think I'm super smart. Right. I was the dumbest kid in school. I was so dumb. <laughs> I don't sign up to being dumb. Nobody's dumb. <laughs> no, no. I was look, look. One time I went to school every single day and didn't miss a day and failed every class. Oh wow. Until I went the per I had perfect attendance. And my mother was like, I don't know what's the matter. You go to school every make a D. And so like <laughs> Yeah, some people are just not so smart. They like yeah, they say some people are a more of a doer than a shower. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how we'll take it. I don't think you're dumb. No. So you rap <laughs> so consciously that yeah. you can't be. Like I refuse to 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 put that out there. <laughs> so um what genre of music do you create and how how did you get started in that genre? Why did you even start rapping? Well, um, I um, well, first of all, it's it's a gift. I really believe it's a gift. It came so easy to me. Like when I came, when as a kid and listening to N.W.A., Ice Cube was my favorite rapper, mm-hmm. and I just and I just loved it. And so I started writing raps real early. Mm-hmm. And um, I played basketball a lot of, through high school, like organized. I played basketball. But I was always, you know, I was always kind of different than the rest of the athletes. And I couldn't express myself the way that I wanted to express myself, having a coach and all these rules. And mm-hmm. I always had a different outlook on life. And I feel the best way I could express myself is rapping. Mm-hmm. And rapping was always easy for me because I never had to write a rap down. I could just freestyle forever about anything, any topic. And so I, I really believe it was it's my gift. And so rap is my uh, genre of music. Even though I write a lot of R&B songs, I like I write it for other artists. Okay. But myself, I'm a rap artist. Oh, that's that's so cool. Wow. Okay. Um. So when you are, let's take your you said you you freestyle with your rapping. Yeah. When you're writing your R&B music, um, for another artist. How do you, how do you go about that process? How do how does it start? How do you like yeah? Well, I would talk to the person and ask them, "What do you want to talk about?" Mm-hmm. I get that, and I will make a song like that, whatever they want to talk about. Then I just 
ask them questions about their life and I just ask them and have conversations with them and whatever interests me about them, I just make songs about it. And so that's how I do it. And I use it the same way. When I um, do music for R&B artists, I still don't write anything down. Mm -hmm. I go in the studio and then I sing it myself. Okay. I'm not a great singer, mm -hmm. but I, I sing it for them and then they just go over what I said and they just change it to their voice. Yeah. So I just take pieces out their life mm -hmm. and I make songs out of it. Or I take stuff that I experience and stuff that I rap about and I turn it to songs for them. Okay. Oh, that's really cool. So, um, do you enjoy that process? Do you enjoy the whole recording your own? Is that you're more organic or is that um, just the easier way to get it done type situation? Um, well, I used to go to other people's studios mm -hmm. and stuff like that, but I, um, it got, it got costly when you go and pay for somebody else's studio time and stuff like that. So I just bought my own and started recording my own self and fell in love with it. And so I, I love both ways. I love like recording myself because I could just wake up anytime I want and do it whenever I'm ready. Mm -hmm. And then I like going recording at other people's studios just for the collaboration aspects of it. And so I do both. And I, I like both of them probably equally for real. Oh, that's really cool. Um, do you find um, being in a different space kind of changes the vibe? So let's say you were writing an R&B song about um, love, but you're not in your own space. You're not in your own recording. It kind of changes how you approach that recording. Or is it still the same? It doesn't really matter. So long as you're in a recording studio, you're still going to get the same feel yeah i'm always it don't matter where you put me you could put me on top of a mountain and i'm gonna just find the inner me uh -huh. and it's just gonna come out the exact same like the environment don't don't play a part in how i do it okay um is would you say writing an album or an ep or a single would you say those different variations depending on length of project do they vary? Is it the same? Is it the same kind of worth ethic? Do you sometimes feel lethargic and you can't just you can't bothered? So you're just like, Joe, what? It's too long. I'm gonna leave it for for months. Or is it like same type of energy throughout? Um, see, I don't plan to do. I don't ever be like, I'm about to do an album or I'm about to do a single. Okay. I just record three songs every single day. Okay. I record three songs every single day. Then sometimes I just get in the zone and I do even more songs. Mm -hmm. And as far as a single, I never even, I just put music out a lot. I just put songs out a lot. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I could just put a whole bunch of like, this is a real album. Like I could just tell all these songs go together for a frequency of an album. Mm -hmm. And I, I use it like that as an album. I don't ever be like, okay, I'm recording for this album. I just record every single day. And I chose the best songs that flow together and um, stand on the same topic for an album. Mm -hmm. And then whatever song sound the best, I have people listen, whatever song, I, I choose 20 songs. Mm -hmm. And if everybody agreed that this one song is the best song, then I'll release a single that way. I don't ever just go record anything premeditated. Mm -hmm. Even when I record a song, I never go into a song knowing what I'm gonna record about. I just, mm -hmm. I sit behind a microphone, listen to the beat and then just start. And then the song just starts from there. I never be like, I need to make a song about love. I need to make a song about success or hustling. Mm -hmm. I, I don't never do that. I just let it go. And then the flow, everything just start falling in place. Okay. 
Oh, that's that's pretty different. So, would you say you're more of like the mixtape type artist who you have a compilation of songs and that's your body and that you just want to release for the love of the music, or you are there's it's strategic, like there's a there's method to the madness, something. Um, I wouldn't consider myself a mixtape artist at all. Mm-hmm. I, I, I say it's a method to the madness because it is strategic. I just record. I just have so many songs. Like in my computer right now, I probably have 400 songs that I never released. Oh, wow. I just record a lot. That's good. That's really good. Like every artist needs to have oh, like a lot more than what they're just showing. If that makes sense. I, I really yeah. like that. Um, so for those that don't know your music, and they don't really know you. Um, would you, could you, can you describe your music to them? Like, um, yeah, just describe what you what you talk about, your message. Um, I'm a reality rapper. I think that's what I am at the core. I'm a reality rapper. I rap about my reality and the reality that I see. And I think if you had to cat- categorize me, it'd be a reality rapper. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, that's, I think if you want to put me in a box, it'd be a reality rapper. Because all my songs, no matter how, whatever the song, I never make up lies on my songs. Like if I say I did something, I actually did it. Mm-hmm. I never rap from other people's perspective. Everything is about my thoughts, my feelings, my experiences. And so I just say it's my reality. And so I, 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 I say I'm a reality rapper. Okay. And do you think it's important for rappers to be honest and to speak from truth rather than to kind of you know make people uh, believe the myths and the legends and then when it comes to it's like oh you're, you're, you're not like that at all no not really I mean it's just what I do yeah I mean because it's, it's entertainment at the end of the day mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't believe any rapper so I'm probably the only rapper I feel tell the 100% truth in every song mm-hmm. but being that honest and telling the truth in every song, it limits your career. It limits you for real, okay. you know. Um, so it limits you, and so sometimes you will, um, you will compress your creativity by keeping it so real. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need to go out and fantasize and stuff like that. Yeah, in songs to make it creative. So no, I won't. I won't put nothing. I won't put a box on anybody. Yeah. Like. I think as an artist, you need to tell what you're thinking about and what you're feeling, uh-huh. and what's what's in, on on your subconscious. If you um, if you a poor dude, you broke in the projects, but you have big dreams and you love flashy things and and you clever with money rhymes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Hey man, that's what you think about. That's what's on your mind. Mm-hmm. And so I say, I just say, just tell you know, what I'm saying just rap about stuff that you like. Yeah, so that's what I would Talk tell about anybody. The that you hold. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So currently, are you reading anything? Are you watching anything? I know, like, right now, you lot in America, the um, the virus is really starting to get a bit out of control. So, how are you? How are you spending your time these days? Well, or are you guys um, safe where you're at? I mean, I, I don't know. America's so big. <laughs> nah, I mean, I'm from the village. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Atlanta right now, and it's hitting Atlanta worse than anywhere down there yeah. in America. Yeah, but nah, man, my life really ain't. I mean, I got the studio on my house, uh-huh. and I, I read so much. Like I have so well, so many audio books. Uh-huh. 
and like um as far as did you ask what books i'm reading yeah like what books did you okay the book i just finished i just finished um what book was that i just finished what oh la you know who la reed is yeah i just finished his book L.A. Reid, the uh, the founder of the Face Records and ran Arister. Before his book, I read Clive Davis' book. Uh-huh. Before his book, I read Alicia Keys' book. Before that, I read um, I love the Secret Law of Attraction. I read that so all the time. Yeah. I love Steve. I read Steve Jobs' book. Um, before that, um, I love I love studying business people who created their own business out of nothing mm-hmm. and I, I love those stories and then I love like um those is my favorites I, I love like people who started with nothing and made a business out of it mm-hmm. and so those are the books I've really been reading a lot as far as television right now mm-hmm. I'm watching No Limit Chronicles uh Master P how he built No Limit Records I've been watching that and and I watched the first seat on um, the first episode of the Rough Riders how they started Rough Riders uh-huh. and so that's what I've been watching Oh wow! I've I've been hearing some really good reviews about the No Limit documentary, and I'm like, yeah, the minute it comes down over here, it, or if I can find it online, I'm literally going to watch because it, 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 yeah, um, Masterpiece Story is very, very intriguing. It's very, very. Yeah, it's really is. It, it, you know what's crazy? Even though we are totally different artists, mm-hmm. like um, I I think I have. Me and Master P got a lot in common because, mm-hmm. like, I own the, the 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 record the record company that I rap on. I own that. Like, mm-hmm. I rap for my own record company, and I have a couple artists that I'm bringing out on the record company. That's so cool. I had a, yeah, and then I had a clothing line, cast off wear. When you see me with the cast off shirts mm-hmm. and the south side shirts, that's my clothing. And and I wrote a movie that I plan to start shooting in October. Mm-hmm. And so I I love a lot of strategies Master P use, and I think I am. Um, I'm, I think we had a similar work ethic, mm-hmm. and and I, my goal was to make One Us Entertainment as big as he made No Limit. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh my gosh, congratulations for having your own record label, your own company. Um, uh, thank you. How did you start that? Like, it must be, um, you know, the the biggest thing, the 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 most difficult. Like, explain to me how all that came about. Well, when I first started rapping, I mean, I did the, the thing like everybody else trying to get a record deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, people didn't think I was good. Nobody signed me. Mm-hmm. But where, where I'm from, Toledo, Ohio, there's nothing there. There's no record companies. Nobody going to hear you. It's a very poor, ran down, violent city. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just a whole bunch of gang banging, crack dealing, no successful people. So you in Toledo, is nowhere you're going to get a record deal anyway. Mm-hmm. And so what I did is I used to stand on the corner and I used to like sell weed all day. Mm-hmm. I used to sell weed. And so one day, um, I was complaining about not having a record deal. And my people was like, man, get off your ass and do it yourself, man. Yeah. And so I, I took the money that I was making illegally and started recording and, and pressed up. I, I made an album and I pressed up a thousand CDs and I stood on the corner. Uh-huh. Now, I'm still selling drugs. Now, I'm selling CDs. And so now I'm selling uh, uh, CDs at $10 a CD. Uh-huh. Then I realized, like, damn, I'm good. They selling out fast. And I just continued that, continued that. Uh-huh. And then for years now, then it transferred to the internet. And I just applied that same hustle. And so um, I always, just, after that, I've been self-sufficient. Uh-huh. And I didn't realize I was functioning as a record company because I was 
putting up my own money. I did all my own marketing and promoting. Mm-hmm. I did my own distribution, selling it hand-to-hand, taking them to stores. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I'm functioning as a real independent record company. And so I just applied it and really started doing it legit. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And, like, I'm, I'm guessing owning your own label and having um, artists under you, that's like, that's like you being a parent. And it comes with its own ups and downs so how how do you navigate that as well as creating your own art and still staying above water you know what i know you the honest truth is more downs and ups uh-huh. when you're dealing with other artists mm-hmm. oh my god it's a headache it's worse <laughs> i have a four-year-old son mm-hmm. and dealing with him is easier than dealing with the artists you deal with <laughs> because now, you got to realize, like, a lot of these dudes come from the streets, don't have nowhere to go like that. So mm-hmm. you bring them in your house, they living with you, you feed them, you clothing them, mm-hmm. you uh, you paying for all their music. Um, and then, like, a lot of them have drug problems, so now they got to get high to go to the studio. They go to the studio, now they too high to work. Mm-hmm. Or they not showing up to the studio. Or you booking them a show. They not um, showing up to shows. Now you got to babysit them and pay their bond when they go to jail. And it's just, it's just a hassle dealing with mm-hmm. other artists when you invest your money in people. And then they just never appreciative. Mm-hmm. They don't care that you're taking your last investing in their dream. They don't care about that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's just hard, man. It's really hard dealing with artists. Yeah. I mean, I guess like the egos and everything else, you can only just imagine. And people are yeah. very precious about their art. Some men, like you said, some people can't function if they're not under the influence. So yeah, well, I commend you. Like it is amazing that you know you are um, taking your ability and you're also giving as well. Not a lot of people would do that. A lot of people would just you know keep it to themselves and keep keep it pushing. Chat. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you. Um. So I am in fashion. I like. And I understand about collaborations and stuff like that. So, um, with you in music, how do you go about collaborating? Do you go looking out for people to come and collaborate with you? Or are you one of those people who, you know, you're, you're waiting and people come to you? Or like when you're doing your cover art, you're, um, do you look for graphic designers? Do you look for photographers, stylists for your music video? How? Do you navigate that whole scene of having to work with different different creatives other than just musicians? Okay. Um. Well, as far as like collaborating with artists, mm-hmm. I used to try to look out and reach out to a lot of artists, but man, artists, man, especially artists who haven't made it anywhere, you know, especially like local artists, mm-hmm. they had the biggest egos and the worst attitudes ever. If you reach out to them, they like, <laughs> I mean, everybody just got this, like, this fake cocky persona, and it just brought me the wrong way, what made me not even want to deal with them at all. Yeah. And so, a lot of features, and a lot of people who own songs with me, they are friends of mine from my neighborhood, or they like, you know what I'm saying, we, um, just people who I know and deal with and it's a lot of people who I would love to collaborate with mm-hmm. but just like the like um but it haven't happened you know mm-hmm. but but everybody I deal with either artists who I deal with or they from my neighborhood and then um I'm from the south side of Toledo Ohio mm-hmm. and it's a real divided city by gang banging okay and so 
it ain't you not gonna do a song with nobody from the north side because so many of them killed your family members and your family members did this to them and so it would be you can't even do you can't even collaborate with people like that mm-hmm. there now far as like um photographers mm-hmm. um i reach out to people i reach out to people for photographers and graphic designers mm-hmm. and stuff like that and uh videographers who people shoot the videos i reach out to them people I go on the internet, reach out to them. I see another artist's work and be like, who did that? And I reach out to them. So I'm always looking for um, people who shoot videos, photographers, graphic designers. I'm, that's the, I, I, I look for those 24 seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I'm guessing the internet has helped you, has aided your career. And um, how far are you willing to take, you know, the, this world that is called the World Wide Web, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's it's a it's, it's a great place, but it's a very toxic place as well. Like, it's not as toxic as you know the the places that you're describing you've grown up in, but you know, people are getting cancelled over something they did 20 years ago. So, how are you navigating your career with possibly what you've done in the past that could be seen as unsavory? How how do you juggle? all of that as well and you know keep it keep it going I hope that makes sense I get it the internet is the greatest thing that ever happened to my career Uh I wouldn't be talking to you right now if it wasn't because of the internet my music is overseas now yeah my my music before the internet my music was just in my city and in my neighborhood Mm -hmm. and you know saying and it spread it to Ohio but now it's people in Nigeria who listen to my music Mm-hmm. I have a, a lot of people in Ethiopia and United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so it just got me places where I usually couldn't go, where I couldn't go. You could be a kid without one dollar, uh-huh. don't have any money, can't travel anywhere. And you can make a song and send links off to people in Texas and Idaho and Africa, Asia, Europe, everywhere. And so I think that I know for a fact the internet took me from just being a dude on a block selling CDs Mm -hmm. to people in different countries and different races and different people knowing my music. Mm -hmm. And it was crazy. I just, my video did a million views on World Star Hip Hop. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. And so that was just so powerful, like the power of the internet. Uh Now you take my shirts, my cast off wear clothing. Uh I used to stand on the corner. Like first it went from me selling drugs standing on the corner mm-hmm. to selling CDs on the corner. Mm-hmm. Then it was me selling shirts and CDs on the corner. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so and now I ship out shirts all over the country, all over the United States of America. Mm-hmm. People just buy them on the internet. And so the internet has done wonders for me. And far as my learning, mm-hmm. I wish I had like the, the internet. I wouldn't even know about half of these books that I read. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know half of the information that I know if it wasn't because of the internet. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're looking for the bull and you want to get on and chatty patty gossiping and slander, hey man, shouts out to you. Mm-hmm. But if you use the internet right, man, the internet I believe could be more of a blessing than a curse. Yeah. And and like far as like the oppression, how African Americans been oppressed in America, mm-hmm. you know, police could shoot us unarmed mm-hmm. on camera and nothing happens. But now. When George Floyd got killed on the internet like that, mm-hmm. stuff have changed. The whole world is like looking at this now, mm-hmm. and the whole world wouldn't even know stuff like that happened in America if it wasn't because of the internet. Mm-hmm. And 
And so I believe the internet does way more good than bad. But if you, hey, I believe in the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. If you're negative and you're thinking about negative, you're going to be on the internet looking and looking for negative and negative is going to find you all over the internet. And so it's, look, man, you, you could put, you could, it's a search bar for a reason. You could search what you're looking for. If you want the BS, you can search the BS. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, honestly, like, I've, I've made it a rule for myself that I avoid Twitter for at least two hours in the morning i only yeah. i only go on twitter like once i've had my herbal tea i've listened to my good vibes music and yeah i've had my first cup of coffee because it can <laughs> honestly ruin my day and i'll find myself two hours in literally tweeting all these like supr- like white supremacy people like d- trying to feed them all these facts but it's literally falling on deaf eyes and deaf ears so it's yeah it, you're so right like it is our tool and i think a lot of people forget that that it's our tool we choose to use these social media sites and the internet so you choose how you want to disseminate your your product basically um you spoke about george floyd and um what's happening to um you guys over there and i'm so grateful that you're okay and please stay safe and great for you (laughs) like honestly because wow it is terrifying and it's gut-wrenching every time a new video or a new case comes up and you're just like when will it end you know and now over here we're getting our own little stories and you just never thought it was as bad but you're we're now like you know you're right the george floyd situation has really made the world wake up um how is that affecting your 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 artistry um is it good for you is it bad for you how's your mental health um like how do you navigate the world with that big target on your back like is you born with it like you gotta realize when i was 11 years old i had two people in my household got killed unarmed by police and both of the police were celebrated as a hero wow. i went to jail because the police plant crack on me oh wow and so i mean it ain't changed george floyd didn't change anything for like i mean this been happening and so it, it was just like just okay y'all okay and it changed everybody else mm-hmm. but i mean it was just everyday life for me that i seen mm-hmm. i mean so it, it really didn't change me none for real no um your song more than a lady yeah really like that song but like, i genuinely thank you like it's so good and i really love the message i really like your lyrics in there um what made you think of writing that like who's the who's the woman that like who's the more than the ladies there's specific human that that's inspired that song or is it dedicated to everyone i mean it's really beautiful and it really like, it made me smile <laughs> <laughs> thank you um it's some more it wasn't about a specific lady mm-hmm. it was just i just realized how um women are so much stronger than males and i started realizing that the older i got and i started realizing how more supportive and loyal women is and I was reading the Bible one day and I was seeing how all Jesus' disciples had ran and Peter denied them, but his mother and that other lady stayed there while they killed Jesus. And I was like, women are really, you know, like like women. And I was just and that was just on my mind. And then I'm watching Discovery Channel and I'm seeing how like 
lions are the king of the jungles, but they wouldn't be if the women didn't do all the hunting and the, the fighting. The men don't do nothing. Mm-hmm. And and I and they dominate the jungle because they have a pack of women. While the tigers only it's only one or two of them, but it's a pack of lions and and it's ran by women. Mm-hmm. And I was like, women, women are um. When you have a great woman, it's just the greatest thing in the world. And I was listening to an interview with Damon Dash, and he was so dead on. He was like, um, no matter what you do for a man, as a man, he always going to resent you. He's going to be ungrateful, and he always wants your position. He always going to be jealous and envy of you. He said, to build your thing, you need women around you because they're going to they gonna work harder and everything. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I found that to be true. Mm-hmm. And... And I got, if you don't know, I got stabbed up real bad. I got stabbed in my chest and my stomach. And I was in a hospital for like uh, two months. And all the women in my life, like my mama, my sister, my cousin, all my nieces, they was there every day. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? They was there for me every day. And when I had got to the hospital, I got 90 staples up my stomach. Women took care of me. Mm-hmm. Now, all, all my nephews, this before I had a son, mm-hmm. all my nephews who I raised and bought Jordan's for took, they weren't nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. All my male friends, no, nobody was nowhere to be found. It was women. Mm-hmm. And and I just know women are more supportive. Then I heard an interview by pa- uh, what's, what's pa- Remy Ma, Papu's wife, mm-hmm. Remy Ma. Mm-hmm. She was saying how female, when females in prison, they don't get any visits from men. Like none of their boyfriends, none of their brothers, none of their uncles. Mm-hmm. Now, when we get locked up, I've been locked up a couple times. Mm-hmm. All our mamas there, your girlfriend there, your side girlfriend there, <laughs> your baby, all the girls is gonna be there for you. And I was like, man, women are the bomb. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what made me just want to show my appreciation. Yeah. And yeah. and it, I always do songs like that. Mm-hmm. I think that song just got more recognition, but I got a song called Mother. Yeah. You know, and so I always made songs like that because I always I was raised by my mama by herself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I always had appreciation for great women. That's 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 really beautiful. And you know what? And, and to stand on that, right? I mean, to go further on that, right? Mm-hmm. I, like, I have a son. I have a four-year-old son. Mm-hmm. But I want a do. I want two daughters. Because oh. I know for a fact, if a dad is in his daughter's life and take care of him, she gonna be there at his deathbed. She gonna take care of him when he get old. Mm-hmm. Them sons, I don't care how good. It's a like. It ain't a good chance your son gonna take care of you, and wipe your ass. <laughs> like it, like. I don't know, man. You can't depend on the man. You can depend on that that daughter, though. And so that was another reason, too, man. <laughs> why you want that's daughters? Why, wow. That's what, yeah. That's why I gotta, I gotta have, I gotta, I gotta have two daughters. Oh wow! I mean, it depends on how you raise your son as well. Like you can have daughters, and if you don't raise them right, they can just look at you like you know, oh, you're the man that you know, the sperm. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that birth me. So it's about how people are raised as well. You know. Yeah. I think um, your music a lot more open and honest, like um, and I and I and I like that juxtaposition. I like the fact that you have the push and the pull and the the open and honest and the vulnerable and the you know hard hitting type stuff. I I do enjoy that about your 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 music. It's, Thank you. It's very it's very refreshing. Some sometimes you find people are just linear. And you're just like, oh, give me something else, you know. <laughs> that means a lot to me. <laughs> hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. So, what country are you in? So, right now, I'm in England. United Kingdom. Yeah. 
So I'm in the United Kingdom, specifically England. Yeah. Okay. Is it a lot of black people there? Um, not where I am currently. <laughs> where I am is very white, and um, but if you go into London, there's certain areas. So you've got specific areas. So you've got London. There's certain areas that are dedicated to your black people, and you know, like Hackney or that area, and that's like you know. Yeah. Um, and then there's some areas that are predominantly Bengali, um, South Asian type. And then, oh, okay. yeah, and it, London is is a, is a is a is a big pot of culture. It's very mixed. But as you come out of London, you then it does get sparse. And the further north you go, the more it's kind of like, yeah, you have to be careful if you're if you're black. Um, at some point, we lived in Wales, and we were the only black family <laughs> in the whole like um, county type situation which is which is crazy um yeah but depends where you are for most of i really want to visit you should you should come visit and i'll sh- well i'll show you what i know and i'll introduce it to people that know more what i know is predominantly okay. white because that's where we, when we moved from africa um 20 years ago we literally came my mom was in university studying nursing so she moved um to where her university town was so we moved there and it's just predominantly white so that's where i grew up um i'm so grateful that my parents were so like rooted in us being african so i kind of kept my blackness in that way <laughs> yeah but yeah you should come i'm gonna make plans i'm gonna make plans definitely it'd be so cool and i could be like i can put a proper face to the voice yeah um so if you were to have dinner with three people dead or alive who would you have dinner with and why um nipsey hustle Mm -hmm. and because he he inspired me more than probably anybody Mm -hmm. he inspired me like i just and um we have so much in common as far as like the ownership and he do the shirts and like he really like one thing we really have in common that he really loved his neighborhood and I really love my neighborhood. How he loved Crenshaw's how I love Belmont Avenue. Mm-hmm. And so I would I would have loved to have a sit down and talk with him. Mm-hmm. Um second, I would have loved to talk to Steve Jobs. Yeah. I would have loved to met Steve Jobs. I would have loved to talk to him. And I just love his vision and how um I just love this vision, man. He had so much vision. It was, um, you know, it, we always talk, give people what they want, give the people what they want, mm-hmm. you know, like in entertainment. Steve Jobs said, no, you don't give the people what they want. You give them what they don't know. They need. They're going to want in the future. Mm-hmm. He was like, because if you were to ask people in the 1800s what they want, they said that they want a faster horse. They wouldn't even thought about an automobile. Mm-hmm. You, get, you feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so that was just so profound. He said, you can't ask people what they want. If you'd ask people what kind of transportation, they want a faster horse, and they wouldn't be thinking about an automobile. Mm-hmm. And that's how Steve Jobs started. I would love to meet him. And um, the third person I'd love to meet, Malcolm X. Yeah. I would have loved to meet Malcolm. Um, and because we have some of the, you know, um, like I believe in what he believed in as far as 
like now I, now as far as the religion thing mm-hmm. like i have different faiths mm-hmm. different faiths than malcolm but i love how he wanted us to own our own community and quit begging from the white man and quit trying to be accepted mm-hmm. and all this and be like if they don't like you you don't have to be with them and eat with them and stuff like that build our own community up mm-hmm. and i just I love that about malcolm x and so those are the three people no, they, they, they make sense. They're connected in their own way. They're visionaries. And yeah. so I like, yeah, yeah. Okay, then. Um, What message do you hope to give your fans? And what what, what, what legacy do you want to leave, leave behind? Um, be who you are even when it's unpopular. Mm-hmm. Be who you are. And follow your gut. Follow your spirit. Follow your heart and not the crowd. Don't follow what's cool. Follow your inner gut, man. And that's that's a whole cast of life. Like just be who you are, even when it's unpopular. Yeah. And, and so, like, that's the biggest thing. And 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 you know, I believe. You know, um, I believe in Christ. I believe in Christ. I believe in God. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, no matter what, what, like, I believe in God. And I would tell anybody if you put God first in everything. Mm-hmm everything will line up the way it's supposed to if even if you raising your kid if you put god first in that and god like if you just put god first in everything everything will line up yeah amen and those are two things like be who you are even when it's unpopular mm-hmm. follow your gut feeling follow your heart follow the spirit mm-hmm. and not the crowd what's cool and put god first yep and everything else will fall into place yep um Thank you. Um, before you go, please plug plug your your hustle. Oh, well, um, I just you just just follow me on all everything online. Profit my mode. P R O P H E T M O C M O U D, and that will lead you to everything. And right now, I just my my goal right now for real, believe it or not, I just want to. I just want to be everybody's favorite artist i just want i just want to be appreciated as an artist mm-hmm. and i just want to have one of the biggest independent companies and bring the artists up and and just represent for the cast off the people who don't follow the crowd mm-hmm. and so and that's it man i just want people just to follow me on social media and just keep updated with me on all the twitter instagram facebook youtube everything 100 percent, and i will make sure people do I, I really do love your message and you know not a lot of people who are in your position would have said yes to somebody who's you know just starting out something and doesn't really know what she's doing but she's trying and I, that shows your character and I wish you all the best I appreciate that a lot and you know what man and I think that's our problem a lot of times man mm-hmm. I, I, I think we talk all this stuff like let's stick together and all that that is sticking together when you see somebody with a podcast mm-hmm. and you can help them get their stuff bigger and they can help you to some people who don't know you mm-hmm. that's what we're supposed to do like that that it ain't even no second thought like that's that is what we're supposed to do and just if you bless you're supposed to be a blessing man 100%. and so I, I really believe that's just that's just I think that's how we should be for real 100% I mean, a lot of people are hashtagging black owned, but a lot of people are still not buying black owned. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> at some point, like, 
yeah, practice what you preach. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Talking about black on with all Gucci on. Exactly. <laughs> That's the guy. <laughs> Man. But anyway, thank you so much, Prophet. All right, thank you for having it's me. It's been amazing. <laughs> thank thank you. you. Have a very good night. Okay, same to you. Bye. God bless. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of The Process of Creating. Join us again next week, Tuesday, for a fresh take on a new creative and their process. Please follow us on Instagram at Podcast. We'd love to hear what you think of the show.